Hello, everyone. Mystic Chick here. It's about that time to grab a black magic martini, a witch's heart cocktail, or a margarita, and get settled in to a big, puffy cloud of positive energy to contemplate another morsel of mystic goodness. We are celebrating all sorts of October holidays. October is the season to live it up with the dead. The veil between the worlds is at its thinnest, and it's a great time to party with the dearly departed. We'll be discussing history, rituals, and more on October's holidays. How are you, Virgo Lass? I am well. How are you, Mystic Chick? <laughs> I am caffeinated. <laughs> caffeinated. Me too. <laughs> Today we're doing coffee talk with Mystic Chick instead of yes. happy hour. <gasps> we acknowledge that it's five o'clock somewhere, but right now it's like a little after one Midwest time and uh, it's definitely in the coffee season. Yes, it is 100% coffee season right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um the drinks i thought were very interesting and i don't know if anybody is going to hear probably not but in the background i think it's actually kind of fitting there is thunder <laughs> so it's a dark and stormy night dark it's perfect well dark and stormy day <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of day so um <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like what you're going to think about these drinks. Um, the first one is the Black Magic Martini. That sounds good. It sounds good. Although the question is, is it gin? Is it vodka? We don't know. A lot it of doesn't these say. Uh, no, no, no. It, it, it does. <laughs> I was just like, you know, taking a gamble myself. Like, I don't know which one it's going to be. But a lot <laughs> of times they tend to pick gin. I don't know why. I know. Yeah, yeah. You are team vodka. I am team gin. So do you think they're interchangeable or not? Oh, absolutely not. No, it's a completely <laughs> different taste and experience <laughs> for each one. <laughs> I are there people I who think that? What sort of know. monster is that? <laughs> well, okay. So here's the question. Do you think one lends itself better to, say, sweet drinks and some... Then the other one to savory drinks, it doesn't matter, or oh no, definitely. I would say that vodka lends itself better to sweet drinks. Like you can't make a chocolate martini out of gin. <laughs> we could <can> try though. <laughs> <laughs> Where I would say the gin, I I don't even know if I would necessarily call it savory because it has that sort of astringent taste. Like my it's very botanical. My Husband hates it because he says that it's like licking a tree. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, that's yeah. probably where I'm at, too. But um, OK. <laughs> and this one is actually a sweet drink. So it kind of goes to your like, you know, thinking on that. But and there's a big, big caution ahead of time <laughs> like uh -oh. in, in bold, because apparently it involves two ounces of tart cherry juice. Ooh. So the caution is cherry juice stains. Avoid overfilling martini glasses or you'll end up scrubbing it out of your couch and carpet for a week. Yeah. <laughs> True <laughs> facts. <laughs> it makes you wonder, like, you know, how much are you willing to risk for this drink? I'm just saying. If it's a really good drink. I Now, it's sweet, though, so you probably would vote no on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to be my jam. I, I do love a very pretty red drink, though, so maybe I could just carry it around for the aesthetic. <laughs> well, we have some other colorful drinks, so maybe one of those will be better. But this one has two ounces... Two ounces of tart cherry, cherry juice. Jeez. Wow. Tongue twister. Half an ounce to a full ounce of triple sec, depending on how sweet you like it. An ounce and a half of vodka. Some food grade chunk dry ice, which I didn't even know was a thing. Uh, twist of lime and some orange or lime slices for garnish. Oh, well, that doesn't sound so bad. Maybe you just went easy on the triple sec. It Doesn't it kind of sound like um, it reminds me of a cosmopolitan? It's totally a cosmopolitan. <laughs> that is like totally what it is. <laughs> except except that's cherry instead of um cranberry. Yeah, well, I guess the the mystery ingredient that separates it out also is the dry ice because it bubbles. 
<laughs> or does does that mean that it has like that kind of smoky effect? Because like I, I would also enjoy that just carrying around like a blood red drink and a fancy glass with like some smoke just like simmering off of it like yeah. i mean yeah I, I wouldn't even drink it i would just just carry it around with me it's, it's <laughs> got a morticia adams vibe yes <laughs> <laughs> all right well then you know and i'll post a link for these because these are actually pretty interesting but it's basically you mix up all that stuff and you shove the dry ice in and that's like the magic ingredient that would be the magic ingredient <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd still probably try it, but I, I don't know if that one would wow me. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the tart cherry juice is that, I mean, at least it would give it like a little bit of tartness. So maybe it would be like a little bit more sour and then the triple sec would make it like more sweet. So again, depending on how much triple sec you're using, maybe it would taste more like a sour candy sort of thing. Yeah, like a sour ball. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you like pucker a little bit, but you're like, it's still a little sweet. <laughs> right. Like hopefully a good sort of puckering. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get that good pucker. The good pucker. The bad pucker will scare people away. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, and I don't know. <laughs> this one looks like a little interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> so the next one is the witch's heart. It's a Halloween cog cocktail and it looks like it smokes and it's got almost like glitter in it Ooh, i like it already i know <laughs> the question is and i mean this is a whole to do i'm gonna have to post the link because it's on the flavor blend the flavorbender.com the witch's heart halloween cocktail because i think there's even recipes to make your own shimmering alcohol Ooh. So it's a whole, you know, series of steps. I mean, couldn't you just buy edible glitter and just call it a day? <sighs> I don't know. I'm looking at it going, uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. There's so many. So you're adding like fear, fruit purees. I really like am having a problem with the tongue that's in my mouth. Um <laughs> Just chalk it up to Mercury retrograde. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm seeing like an exact recipe. Oh, it's like a video. It's a recipe video. That's how intense this is. But basic, <laughs> basically, it has um, one jigger of apple brandy or apple vodka. I hate it already. Uh, yeah, grenadine. Um, and it, maybe a lot of the Halloween drinks are just going to end up sweet, kind of like those Christmas drinks. Maybe. I mean, because it's trick-or-treat and we want everything to taste like candy, I guess. Yeah, it just... Uh, then there's two jiggers of homemade blackberry shimmery liqueur. Uh, again, some dry ice, which is... They, they're calling for powdered dry ice, which I have not heard of either. No, but maybe this opens us up to, like, a whole new world of... <laughs> magical drinks are we gonna be uh, like maybe we those? need powdered dry eyes have we ever thought about this before like we never heard of it but maybe it's something that we need i don't know you know it's just weird because like i'll just put it in up, my coffee in the morning <laughs> well growing up it's like you know stay away from dry eyes dry eyes bad but like now it's like put it in all your food that you're going to put inside your mouth i i don't know it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that <laughs> I mean, I guess same with glitter, you know, like um, you're not supposed to ingest glitter or even use glitter anymore because it's ruining the environment. But I mean, edible glitter is good. <laughs> I still think that glitter is useful for things like when people commit crimes, because I don't know if you ever saw the episode. I don't know if it was Forensic Files or it might have been a Dateline. It was something. But the person murdered someone and they had glitter on them and they were able to trace because of the shape of the glitter. <laughs> they were able to trace it back to the company. And it was such a like specific type of glitter that they knew exactly what places they sold it to. Like, it's crazy. Oh, wow. I mean, but oh, I totally believe that. I mean, what sort of idiot would it commit a murder while they're covered in glitter <laughs> a virgo would never <laughs> Let, let's work it backwards i'm assuming it was a crime of passion because there are certain establishments that really do like rely on a lot of glitter 
<laughs> they basically had like a very passionate disagreement in the craft room. <laughs> yes. Something like that. In the craft No, I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking in the um champagne room. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, but crafting actually that that would even be better. <laughs> A heated argument between crafters over, like, you know, who stole whose design for some sort of, I don't know, something that entails glitter. You know, I've never even thought of this before. But, I mean, how could you, if, like, somebody is, you know, horrible enough to uh, kill a sex worker, specifically a stripper, how are they not getting caught immediately because they are covered in her body glitter? Yeah, unless people are just, I, I don't know, maybe body glitter is a different that like, I know if it's Bath and Body Works shimmer spray, like you're screwed because everybody has it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a, a note to all sex workers for your own protection, uh, use a very specific kind of body glitter. <laughs> yes, yeah, just to protect yourself. So, um, all right, so the last drink is the margarita, which margarita. I just That's <laughs> yes. an awesome name. And it's on dc.eater.com. And they have a, some really, really cool drinks on here, like lists and lists of drinks. But the one that caught my eye was the margarita just because I like the name. But it has fresh lime juice, triple sec, milagro tequila, blood orange juice, and a slice of blood orange. Ooh, okay. So and then I there's a this one. There's a Black Devil Martini that's also, I think it's offered by the same bistro or something, the Ula Bistro, that uh, mixes dark rum, dry vermouth, and black olives. Ooh. Oh, black olives? Okay, like, yeah, I, I'm Italian. I'm into olives. I'm into this. I want to try this. <laughs> All right. So those are both on the DCEater.com. I think the, the list is a guide to the most ambitious and ridiculous, in parentheses, Halloween cocktails around town. Around town. Around town. I DC, I'm assuming this is oh Washington, DC. <laughs> yeah, duh. It's oh god, <laughs> yeah. What what does it say about me that like my mind instantly went to DC comics? <laughs> it, I, I think what it says about me is that I have been mar married to a comic book nerd for way too long. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's actually uh, we were just having a DC comic discussion like an hour ago. So <laughs> Yeah, but that's a whole nother episode because I guess it's just the evolution of some of the characters and how different. Uh, oh, I, yes. I, congratulations to Superman's son for coming out as bi. We applaud him. There you go. Okay, so wait. I Okay, I heard he was gay. So he's bi because I, I thought Robin was bi. I'm so confused. Yeah, I have noticed that they keep saying that like these superheroes that are coming out are bi, like they don't really want to commit to one or the other. But mm. I mean, there has been so much male bi erasure for so many years that I'm going to give it a pass, you know, because men can be bi too. True. Very true. All right. Well, then there you go. Yeah. So DC is not just kind of comics. It's also a place. <laughs> A place with a, a our central government. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's actually a place you can go to. It's, it's not Gotham. <laughs> it's in our minds. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in our hearts and minds at all. It's an actual place oh where gosh. elected officials live. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fancy that. <laughs> Um, all right. So circling back to holidays where this is like kind of my my stomach's in knots today because I'm like, oh, my gosh, we got to keep on. I have like a hard stop today. And so I'm like, OK, we got to keep oh, on track. I know. I know. We, yeah. I, anyone who follows this show knows that we can go off on a tangent. <laughs> and the tangents are part of the fun. I mean, it's it's such an organic experience, really, our show. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe we just need to yell tangent whenever we start, like, I don't know, talking about like our bra and <laughs> the nature of male bisexuality <laughs> you know what that might actually be a useful thing because when i'm in the editing process i really have to like try to figure out is this a tangent or is this part of what we were i don't know and then i go back several times <laughs> where does it start follow it back um okay so first of all Sawin. <laughs> Sawin. 
that one. Um, I'm going to see if I can find that other thing that was pronouncing it 500 million ways. But suffice it to say, some people actually do pronounce it Samhain. And I guess they said, whatever article I had come across, they said it was like regionally based, like wherever you are, wherever they're pronouncing it, however that is, it is right for you. I thought that was a very like diplomatic approach. I feel like people in Ireland who have a firmer grasp on Gaelic than we do are probably like, no. (laughs) Just no. Sorry, but no. (laughs) Uh, So we are going to go with Samhain because, you know, it's been drilled into my brain now that it's Samhain and I'm trying to be a a good witch with all Right. I mean, and yeah, it, it's kind of like when you meet like somebody Irish and their name is Siobhan, but it's spelled like Sibion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll trip you up every time. Yeah. So, okay. Now, comparing it to Halloween, like you think Halloween is just like October 31st at dusk until like the next morning or, you know, middle of the night, whenever you stop going out and celebrating. But for Samhain, it does go from sunset on October 31st through sunset of the next day. And basically, I think that the whole concept is that this time of year, the veil is the thinnest between the living and the dead. And so we are inviting them into our spaces so that we can like communicate with them our lost loved ones or like try to ward away anyone that might be malevolent um (laughs) (laughs) but and i mean for some people it might just be putting on a sexy cat costume and partying it up and you know what that is also a perfectly acceptable way to celebrate the season because <laughs> it really when you read about um how the ancients celebrated it it sounded like a fantastic party <laughs> we need more parties like that we do Uh, by the way i was actually and and i'm hoping this isn't a tangent it it is related but i was thinking about where it is that i first heard about Samhain, and uh if anyone else can be with me on this like give me a shout out at brigalas at twitter if you're not listening to this in real time but it was the book an acceptable time by madeline lengel about meg from uh, wrinkle in time's daughter polly who time travels back like three thousand years to the original Samhain. And she spells it Samhain the entire time, but never gives us a pronunciation. I mostly <laughs> just remembered that. So I was I was trying to remember the actual plot, and I uh, went on Goodreads, and there are so many bad reviews from adults who are like rereading their beloved childhood classic. <laughs> and- and, and and actually, yeah, like it really does sound horrible. Like, I mean, Madeline Lengel, I mean, bless her heart. She is an amazing writer, but she's also a very, very Christian writer. And she basically sounds like, okay, so we're going to be visiting ancient people 3000 years ago. What are all ancient pre-Christianity people into? That's right, human sacrifice. So I guess that there's like one tribe of Celtic people who want to sacrifice the main character and the other ones who are the the good ones who want to worship her as a goddess because she has red hair, which I feel like that wouldn't have been that big of a deal in ancient Ireland. I mean... yeah so yeah so i'm like i i I don't think i'm gonna reread this one (laughs) (laughs) that's a no (laughs) yep (laughs) i think we've all done that with books like i actually really remember fondly a hundred years of solitude and then i reread it i don't know five or ten years ago and then i think it got to me way more the second time i just didn't have the level of understanding being in high school to really like fully absorb right (laughs) oh god yeah i'm sure i would get it so much more now yeah 
<laughs> just ooh. <laughs> I remember it being like a warm, fuzzy magic carpet ride, feel good book, and it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think that the the interesting thing with Samhain and Halloween and or All Hallows' Eve and All Saints' Day and All Souls' Day and Day of the Dead is it they all hover around. October 31st through November 2nd in some way, shape, or form. And I think in some way they all do acknowledge several key elements, which are communing with those who've passed on, connecting with our ancestors, recognizing the fact that we are going into a period of darkness, the dark half of the year, and just kind of embracing that and I think it's just, um, and there is kind of just this energetic, magical feeling around this time of year. Right. Yeah. So. yeah just sort of like, um, just a time of, okay, like the wildness of summer is over, like the work harvest is done. And now we're like getting ready for the cold, dark months. The cold, dark months. The cold, dark months, but we're not in there yet, so let's party. (laughs) Yeah, let's party. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to it, lots of fire. Um, I am kind of glad we've gotten away from sacrificing cattle. Yes, yes. But but I will point out, that's what was sacrificed at these druidic ceremonies, Madeline Lengel. Cattle, not humans. People are friends, not food. Yes. <laughs> just, to, just to remember that. Uh, so anyways, like way back when, though, it was a mandatory. I love that mandatory celebration. Can you celebrate when it's mandatory? Because like some people are not going to be in the mood and then it feels like an oxymoron. Right. I mean, yeah, then that's not celebrating. And who wants a bunch of killjoys at the party anyway? <laughs> but lasting three days and three nights and the community was required to show themselves to the local kings or chieftains. And if you did not participate, you would be punished by the gods, usually either by struck down by like illness or death. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that they were punished by the gods, not punished by the other humans. Again, no human sacrifice. <laughs> It was up to the gods to sacrifice you. (laughs) I think they were attributing it to the gods, but somebody was sneaking around in the middle of the night. (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. (laughs) So-and-so really just, you know, irked the community and didn't show up for like the 80th time. And they're like, we're done. (laughs) We're done with you. (laughs) (laughs) Go meet your maker. Go talk to the gods about this. It's not our problem anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And goddesses. But you know what I'm saying. So... (laughs) Uh, there's just, I mean, I think that it's evolved a lot over the years. I know there's a lot of actually interesting information on history.com, not just about Samhain, but also about Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, and all sorts of other things. I'm actually kind of impressed by it. I don't really oh, yeah. remember like the History Channel being like so up in the, the Google ranks, but... <laughs> So, but they're talking about kind of monsters that were involved and the Celts believe that, is it Celts? Celts? I think, I want to say Celts. I'm half Irish, so I I think I'm right. (laughs) I'll defer to you then because I'm no Irish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They believe that the barrier between the worlds was breachable during this time because, you know, the veil's so thin. And so they prepared offerings and left them outside the villages for the fairies. Or the now, since it's a... Another word. I'm afraid to pronounce it. It's spelled S-I-D-H-S. I, I'm going to say SIDS, but it could be like son. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, or, I don't know. <laughs> A Gaelic spellings. Like who knows? <laughs> who knows? So it's saying that um, ancestors could cross over this time as well, besides just like other things. And people would dress as animals and monsters so the fairies were not tempted to kidnap them. Now, that's interesting. So I think that's where the costumery came from. Yes, exactly. It's like the bridesmaids dressing up so that they're trying to, like, fool the groom into, like, nabbing them instead. Right. Right. Yeah, that's the thing is that, like, you have all of these spirits flying around and you don't want them, like, coming after you if they're not friendly. So you have to make them think that they're one of you. (laughs) So there was this one thing, and I think this is actually where the headless horseman thing comes from, but they're kind of talking about uh, 
some specific monsters that were surrounding Samhain included a shape-shifting creature called a puka, which, you know, God knows I'm pronouncing that right or not, but um, who receives the harvest offerings. And Lady Gwen, Gwyn is a headless woman dressed in, a, in white who chases night wanderers and was accompanied by a black pig. How sweet. Aww. How adorable. I would love it. Yeah, it's adorable. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> so it really sounds like way back when Samhain was definitely the a crazy, crazy time. I would have loved to be part of yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Like I read the part where they have like like not just a bonfire, but it's like a wheel of fire and they all like dance around it and feast. And I was like, that sounds so fun that sounds like the best party i would totally have been there all three days <laughs> it really does remind you of like i don't know burning man or something doesn't it kind of yeah yeah this was absolutely like druidic burning man <laughs> so there's this other part of it though because i'm like oh my god we've gotten so many traditions from Samhain, but um also a group of hunters known as the fairy host uh could also haunt Samhain and kidnap people. And so they would, there's also Sluag. Oh my gosh. There's so many things. Like, seriously, it's like somebody sat there one drunken night and was like making a list of crazy things that could happen. And they're like, yeah, let's do it all. For yeah. Or seven. That's why it takes three nights, I think. But um, the Sluag would come. I'm saying that wrong. I know a slough. I don't. S-L-U-A-G-H would come from the West to enter houses and steal souls. So there you go. See, that's why you got to dress up. <laughs> yeah, your costume better be good, too. No pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it does evolve. And there's uh, a Christian component later. And I think that a lot of it is you know, Christianity started taking over things and, and they're like, with all, you know, the pagan holidays, it was like, man, we can't get rid of this. People just won't let it go. All right, let's just turn it into something like official sounding and whatever. And then you've got like All Saints Day and All Souls Day. Yeah, basically Christians were like, oh, we don't approve of this. How do we suck all the fun out of it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could never get into All Saints Day either. I just... Oh, no. Like, I've never acknowledged it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some, like, I love... And I've always been confused. Like, Archangel Michael. He's also Saint Michael. But I'm like, is it the same? How can an angel be a saint? I thought saints were people. And then I thought there was another Michael floating around that was a... Pre I get so confused. I'm like, well, I'll talk to Archangel Michael, I guess, on All Saints Day, if he counts. But I don't even know. Like, do you know? I, I don't know. Maybe. Like, I... <laughs> I dropped out of my uh, Catholic classes like before <laughs> confirmation, so I'm woefully lacking on all of that. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you're like like the I'm the very worst. I am the song. I am I am the very worst Catholic. Catholic school dropout. I don't know Catholic how that school dropout. <laughs> <laughs> Park your glow in the dark rosary at the door. <laughs> My favorite part of being a kid in Catholic school. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then uh, we're not going to, we've got more to talk about with Samhain, but uh, for Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, I thought it was interesting that they kind of, it encompasses both All Saints Day and All Souls Day and one like mega day. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I think it's, it's, it's you know, it's about being efficient. Exactly. Not being efficient. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely consider um, the Day of the Dead to be more of like a religious spiritual holiday as opposed to like, Woo, let's go party and dress up and go trick or treating and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> All right. So I got a question and I feel like, it, and this is the problem with there are so many aspects to witchcraft and wicca and paganism and metaphysics and you know you could be a practicing witch for pretty much your entire life and not even notice that you're actually a witch 
because there's so many like layers and you're like, but I, I don't, I thought it was this. I thought it was that, but okay. So Wicca, mm-hmm. they're talking about Wicca and Samhain and they're talking about, you know, how it says a revival of Samhain uh, resembling its traditional pagan form began in the eighties with the growing popularity of Wicca. So when did Wicca originate though? Is Wicca like a, a recent kind of thing or was it the I, 1800s? No, I, I, Oh no, I think that Wicca is actually pretty recent. I um I I don't consider myself a Wiccan, so I haven't done that much research about it. Uh, most people, I think, when they hear Wicca, they just think that it's just another word for witch, but it isn't. It's like it's its own thing with its own belief structure. It actually is considered a full-on religion. Like you can join the army and say, I am a Wiccan and I need these certain holidays off and they have to respect that. Yes, that is true. Well, and I'm kind of like looking at it and it's... (laughs) It's just, it started with a book in the 1920s, I think by an Egyptologist named Margaret Murray or something. And then I think there were books based on that book, like a 1954 book on witchcraft. And then it evolved, I think, where he... This guy wrote it, Gerald Gardner, and then he announced it as Wicca, adding an extra C in the 1960s. I don't know. And it means like wise people and it's from Scots English. And then it just kind of evolved from there. So I, okay. So the, the person who's the founder considered to be the founder of Wicca was born in 1884, but it, it looks like it wasn't really happening until the 1900s, 1930s. I don't know. So it's kind of it just kind of evolved in the last, I guess, hundred years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to keep track of all this, but maybe that's why I've had such a hard time. Cause I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know where did it come from? And it was just kind of started with a few books and some ideas and it, it was all based on old pagan things and kind of reviving those. Right. Right. Basically. I don't know. I mean, I've it sounds to me just like, white people who are like, okay, let's co-opt all of these ancient pagan rituals and uh, claim them for ourselves. <laughs> As that's been done, yes, <laughs> for lots of things. Oh, man. All right. So as far as like rituals, though, there's like a lot of like different things you can do to to celebrate. And I think that that's what's great about Samhain is you can make it whatever you want it to be like right. it can be very personal there's a lot of options there's a lot of you know f- flexibility but according to I, see another word i feel like i'm just failing at the english language but i mean to be fair you're you're you're, fa- uh, you're failing at the um irish language i'm not even trying to attempt here like <laughs> but i don't know now i don't know where this word stems from but is it gaia or gaia gaia Okay, Gaia.com has this article on modern paganism, 13 rituals to celebrate Samhain. And so some of these, I think, are really like just nice things, nice, nice warm fuzzies. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I really liked all of those. Yeah, like a nature walk. I think we we all kind of have a tendency to do that. I mean, it would be great if you could walk through a cemetery. Yeah, exactly. Give it like that little extra extra day of the dead sort of tinge to it (laughs) yeah a little bit yeah a little something something yeah (laughs) so and kind of reflecting there's a lot of reflection so yeah like if you're not the kind of person where you're remotely interested in dressing up and going out dancing or whatever then it could just be yeah i know (laughs) but it could But yeah, it can just be like your own personal day of reflection. Yeah, but don't make it too like, you know, introverted. Like have a little bit of something. Have a little bit of fun. (laughs) Yeah, even just put like a little paper ghost on your altar or something. Yeah. (laughs) Just just something to jazz it up. Jazz hands. Um, So thinking about, so you're going into like the darkest time of the year. So there's a lot of reflection and a lot of thinking. And so it kind of starts actually during the equinox where you're like taking into account like the harvest that you've had. Do you want the same type of harvest next year? Really being grateful for what you have and then trying to figure out how to 
either keep up what you're doing or change what you're doing to get something different. And so now we're kind of faced with that. Okay, we are going plunging into the darkness. It's a good time again to think about what no longer serves you, what is just what you need to let go of. And because this is kind of going in through that like death and rebirth cycle. So just kind of shedding what we don't need in our lives anymore. Uh, then we've got like, you can, you can set up an altar. Um, and this is where it gets kind of interesting because you can't like cheap out and just put root vegetables and on your uh, table and call it an altar. Right. I mean, you really got to try here. Like there's options and I would suggest you have to pick at least a skull or a skeleton or a grave rubbing or a ghosty thing or something haunted looking to add a little joie de vivre to it. If, yeah, if you have ever been had any sort of goth phase and know that you still have that stuff lying around, so <laughs> it shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> then you can slap a pumpkin or a squash or whatever. No, I just seriously, if I go to somebody's house and I see like, you know, just a pile of sweet potatoes, I'm going to be like, geez, you know, or a beet, a random beet. A you random know. beet just lying there. It's just like, so maybe, you know, just, just throw something at a little, a little skull or something. But anyway, so nuts and berries, you can put a dark bread, although that just seems like a temporary toy. Yeah. My problem with putting out food on altars is that it's biodegradable and <laughs> tends to rot pretty quickly. Like last year, I got like one of those little mini pumpkins and I put it on my altar and, you know, it looked fine. And then when I went to go and pick it up, like the bottom had rotted out. Uh, and I was just like, ah, this is why I can't do food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pumpkins are stealthy like that. Like we look real good. Come on, hang out with us. And then you pick them up and they're like all like at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So they like ruin your wood. They leave rings. It's just, you're crying, you're scrubbing, you're like, you know, cursing the root vegetable gods. <laughs> The squash gods. The squash gods. <laughs> uh, you could put dried leaves and acorns. And again, please don't cheap out and just throw a few dried leaves from the yard and a sweet potato and call it your altar because there's got to be some intention to it. I mean, it just there just has to be. So and then a cornucopia filled with an abundance of fruit and veggies. That just sounds like you're doing Thanksgiving too early. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does. And mold wine, cedar, mold cedar, ew, mold cider, wine or mead. Um, good luck getting your hands on some mead. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Do you have to make that yourself? Um, that That's a process that takes years. But like maybe if you know someone who's into fermenting their own beer and mead, maybe they can give you some. <sighs> God, that, yeah. Okay, I'll try to. I'll put start a Facebook group. Be like the the friends of the mead or friends something. of the mead. <laughs> Just like send me some mead. <laughs> I'll trade. I'll barter. Um, what do you want? Um, just find some random. I don't know squash. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be like, I will do a tarot card reading for you if you pay me in mead. Yeah. <laughs> But that's kind of, I don't know, that's the only the thing I'd only do once until I tasted mead and tried to figure out if it's worth it or not. Mead is very heavy and syrupy and sweet. And if done right, it's delightful. Um, I actually have been to mead tastings. Um, I went of course to you have. Oh my God, what haven't you done? You, you cultured city girl. <laughs> We don't have those out here. We got moonshine tastings. I mean, well, I didn't do it in in my city either. Uh, I was visiting people in Portland, Maine, and oh, we went to yeah, we went to uh, this little um, mead brewery, basically, and yeah, did a like meadery. a meat, yeah, a meadery. We went to a meadery and we did a little meat tasting, and yeah, it, it was really fun. Oh my. Gosh. Yeah. All right. So I, I will, if I, I will barter for mead, um, I will, it, it'll probably, depending on how good the mead is, I'll have to take a tiny taste before the reading and then I'll decide if it's worth half an hour, an hour. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> really depends on the mead. Um, okay, so you can do altars to your ancestors, and this does kind of border on Day of the Dead stuff. And then there's this thing for a guide to the spirits. And according to this, you can do a white seven-day candle in the window to guide the dead to the spirit world. And you can light the candle and speak these words. Oh, little flame that burns so bright, be a beacon on this night. Light the path for all the dead that they may see now what's ahead. And lead them to the summer land and shine until Pan takes their hands. And with your light, please bring them peace that they may rest and sleep with ease. Aww. <laughs> That's way better than the now I lay me down to sleep prayer. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. That thing is awful. Have you thought about it? Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it, it's really creepy. Oh, <gasps> uh, yeah. So for anybody out there who doesn't know, because it's, I don't know, is it Christian, Catholic? One of those. I don't know. I almost feel like it's more Protestant. I mean, um, for Catholics, I never learned that. I just learned the Hail Mary and all of that. <laughs> but now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And yeah, that was a nighttime prayer. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's dark. Yeah. Sweet dreams, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck so, out there. <laughs> it does kind of fit with all this stuff, though. <laughs> um. Okay. So visit a cemetery. That's pretty much, you know, a, a definite to do. Oh no! Nope. Oh no! I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. No. I, I. I. I guess I was just nodding in agreement, and like you couldn't hear me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the wave of panic. I'm like, not the mercury retrograde. Did it just mess up my? <laughs> no. And then what was the other thing? I have like so many tabs open. So many. I've been ridiculed about my tabs. Oh, I always have like a million tabs open. Um, <laughs> hold a seance. Uh, that is definitely, I, ew. and there's so many ways to do seances. I know that I've been kind of figuring out different seance things that I want to incorporate in, in ones that I'm going to be doing and different rituals. And it's, it's, there's a lot out there. It's, I've done different types in the past. So it's like, is there one true seance? There really isn't. The one true seance. <laughs> <laughs> there is not. It's it's it really goes. There's a lot of different schools of thought with it. Um, and bonfire magic and how you know what isn't cool with bonfires, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, you know, anything you can make magic. Anything can be magical if you throw it into a fire. Absolutely, yeah. And this was a fire festival. That's how it originated. Wheel of fire. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get back to that. <laughs> darn it um, our <laughs> divinatory guidance is huge right now uh because the veil is so thin it's a great time to practice if you aren't um well versed in it it's a good time to also play with different forms of divination so say you know you're really like you've got this oracle deck that you swear by and you have this pendulum sitting away somewhere that was either gifted to you or you bought and you're like, I tried it once or twice and it just, I wasn't feeling it. Try it again. Like try, you know, go outside your comfort zone, try to do things a little bit different, find different ways to communicate with the spirit world. I know last year, so usually uh, my Halloweens are centered around uh, like crafting the perfect costume and going out and drinking and dancing with my friends. <laughs> um, I am that, that part of the festival for me. But last year, obviously, everything was canceled. And wow. uh, yeah, and of course, it was, yeah. Saturday Halloween on a full moon. <laughs> it was so cruel. <laughs> but, but, You're right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But last year, I was also still uh, grieving. My uh, cat of 18 years had passed um, the February before. And it's really, really hard for me. I mean, um, I know like, there are probably some people out there being like, whatever, it's just a cat. But anybody who has ever lost a pet knows exactly where I was at with that. And right, still am. But I was like, the only 
soul or I want or a spirit I want to communicate with is, you know, uh, my cat pox. So I did the food offering by filling up his favorite thing in the world was a little treat ball where you would put hard food into it and put it on the floor and he would like chase after it and like eat all the food that would fall out of it. So I filled that up and I put it out for him and um, I, you know, meditated a little bit and I did do a um, tarot spread that was specifically for Samhain and I can't even remember what all of the cards and placements were about, but I remember there was one specific card that was supposed to be like a message from your ancestors and I got the queen of wands and I was like, Oh, I wonder what ancestor this might be. And I was even thinking just like the only like ancestor person from my family that I want a message from is, you know, from Puck. And then all of a sudden I realized that the queen of wands has a cat in that card that is true. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. That's it. That's my baby. <laughs> Just let me know he's still here with me. Oh, my gosh. That's so wonderful. I mean, it really, that's why, like, this stuff is, it's such a wonderful time of year. There's such a, I don't know, it, there's nothing like connecting with spirits that have passed on. There's, there's, I, I don't want to say it's a rush because I really think that that, devalues the experience but i mean it really is there's such an energy exchange you can feel it in every ounce of your being and you just have this like total sense of peace and just knowing that you know you are with that spirit it's just amazing and you're definitely more well versed in that than i am because i'm just like <laughs> people spirits bah <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that too today because I'm like, you know, just I was like reading something, this book by the person who consulted for the Ghost Whisperer TV show. And don't ask me to guess her name's like Mary Ann Wilkowski, I think, but don't quote me. I might be messing up the last name a little, but she just kind of, you know, was talking about ghosts a lot and and the difference between her and some other people that see spirits or or kind of commune with spirits. And it's like, yeah, ghosts and spirits are are very different. Ghosts are just those beings that are kind of locked onto the earth plane here. They're stuck. And once they pass on, then they're spirits. And um, you can connect with them from anywhere. Like you don't have to, like the ghosts are kind of stuck in one location and they haven't made it yet. And so you have to kind of like work with them wherever they are. But like spirits, it's not like they go away. They're still accessible. They're just almost easier and they don't have the issues a lot of times that the ghosts have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a different experience. I really like that. It, yeah. I mean, because when I was younger, I was like, ghost spirits, I thought they were like interchangeable. Mm -hmm. And they're really not. I mean, I don't know if I was able to even put into words, though, at the time, like I could feel the difference, but I just couldn't like really describe the difference. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely <sighs> makes sense. I mean, especially when you're young, like, how do you know? Yeah, yeah, there's really, <laughs> there weren't guidebooks, especially, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, we, yeah, we we grew up in the 80s. I mean, <laughs> was, we didn't, have, what, what were we going to do, Google? <laughs> yeah, well, and especially, like, growing up Catholic and stuff, it's like, mm -hmm. um, the closest thing I got, actually, was the Bible, because you had all those, you know, angels, and it, it just, there are some, like, magic. The Father, beings. the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> the Holy Ghost, there you go. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, didn't they change it from it used to be Holy Ghost and then they changed it to Holy Spirit because I think they felt like it was like less spooky. Yeah, they wanted to suck a little bit more of the fun out of it. I <laughs> <laughs> always do. <laughs> okay, um, so speaking of the divine, uh, one of the other things you can do is call upon the divine um, during this time. And so they kind of talk about the crone goddess and the horned god of nature, but it, pretty much anybody that you kind of have an affinity for or are drawn to any god or goddess from any culture, but you can invite them to aid you in your remembrance of the dead and in your understanding of the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. And so if you have lost someone in the last year, you can ask some of these deities to 
help support you and and comfort you during this time? Yeah, I actually just saw a list of the specific gods and goddesses that are kind of associated with the season. Um, so we've got Osiris, Odin, Anubis, Pan, Sir Nunos. I butchered that really bad. <laughs> <laughs> And Loki, of course. And for goddesses, we have Hecate, Queen of the Witches, uh, Lilith, Morrigan, Seridwen, also probably butchered that because it sounds hella Irish, (laughs) Ishtar, and Persephone. Oh my gosh, so many good ones. Honestly, like I, there are a number of those that, that I communicate on a regular basis with and It's just, it's such a great time and it's a great time to kind of make some new friends too. You know, like if you usually like commune with certain gods and goddesses, then, you know, pick a new one and, and just kind of see how that feels. Right. Make friends. (laughs) Try something new. Change it up. (laughs) (laughs) Switch it up a little. (laughs) So I know we've got like, geez, nine or 10 minutes left and we haven't really touched on day of the dead that much. And we may, um, kind of bring that up and we have one more in the month of October. So we might bring that up more, but I, there's a lot of similarities to uh, day of the dead and this whole kind of all these other holidays that are pretty much doing similar things. But the, the biggest things about day of the dead are you make these altars and, and you connect with your ancestors and also saints, but you've got, the sugar skulls, which are, you know, very, very cool. Those are. Right. And like, let's just do like a little quick trip over to Virgo Lass's Buzzkill Corner. Oh, no. <laughs> sugar skulls everywhere. What you no, 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 no. We love sugar skulls. They are fantastic. I am oh, not no. dogging anything about Day of the Dead. But just a quick reminder out there this is a culture not a costume this is um a very sacred holy day for a lot of people so don't just go painting your face like a sugar skull for halloween because you think it looks cool and you're not like celebrating any other aspect of it like this is it's not a closed culture it's not a closed holiday like i think anybody can uh, celebrate it just as long as you're respectful about it and you're not just like oh make a pretty (laughs) oh gosh no, you're very, very right. And don't just sit there and go, it's the the holiday where I shove big piles of sugar in my mouth and crunch on them. No, <laughs> <laughs> that is not what this is about. Um, and it does, it, it's not the same as Halloween. It's not a Mexican version of Halloween, although it shares a lot of the traditions. But on Day of the Dead, it's believed that the border between the spirit world and the real world dissolves. So very similar. But during this brief period, the souls of the dead awaken and return to the living world to feast, drink, dance, and play music with their loved ones. So they really are coming back to party. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the altars that you can make for, you know, your lost loved ones are like really, really beautiful with like, you know, the the skulls, but then also like, you know, photos of them and um pieces of their clothing that they used to wear. If you're putting out food and drink, you know, you're putting out their very favorite food or drink and just Mm -hmm. really kind of just calling them back by just like an offering of all of their favorite things. And like, this would be like definitely an altar that you set up with a lot of intention. Oh yeah. A lot of intention and reverence and that, you know, they, the dead come back as honored guests. Like it's, you are, are grateful for their presence. You are just, and I mean, who wouldn't be to like have anybody, any family member who's passed on to come back and like be a part of your family for, you know, another day. Like that's an amazing gift. And the, the altar's, can be decorated with like candles and and flowers and things like that and and fruit and it's just it's all it's a beautiful thing and i it, is the name for the altar offrenda i think it's offrenda yeah okay yeah so again probably um, butchering that pronunciation um <laughs> you're the one who took spanish classes not me <laughs> i think probably offrenda um yeah uh, but in their culture, they're believed that a person travels to, <laughs> oh no, Chikun Miktlan, the land of the dead. 
I, I feel bad. Like I'm like, I want to say the word right. I'm not even going to try to spell it because it's very long. But um, and after getting through nine challenging levels, a journey that could could take years, a person's soul could finally reach Mictlan, the final resting place. And so there's rituals that honor the dead. And yeah, it's a whole thing. I mean, they the dead worked hard to get work to where they're going. And it, it, it's just it's just the whole process sounds like really amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, not to get like too heavy or deep into it. I mean, I feel like that makes a lot of sense for me because the idea that like we just like shuffle off this mortal coil and then just like suddenly like go to heaven or hell and that's it. I mean, I I kind of like uh, if you've watched The Good Place where like they decided, ah, you know what, like the soul has more growing to do after you've left your body. Like yeah. I, that, that I'm really into like that. Um, this is just kind of like just one plane of existence for us. And like, we're not finished by the time we're dead because I mean, God knows we we've got more work to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like the idea of like trials and everything, because I, I think that again, like the good place kind of you, you have this period of time where, um, you know, you could step up to the plate and be even better than you were when you were living to kind of help other people out through the trials or like overcome certain things. So I just think that that's a really, and then it, it's a good way to have people transition from, from one area to the next because you get this buffer almost. Yeah. I mean, I would think that you would need a buffer, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, first. yeah, I mean, like, oh, look at us, like, uh, we're a mess. And all of a sudden, like, uh, we leave our bodies and we become enlightened beings. Like, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> hey, I don't know about you. I'm going to be like, <laughs> poof, I'm amazing. <laughs> uh, you had a head start. <laughs> um no, but it's it's just really interesting. I love hearing about uh, different cultures' viewpoints on how all of that happens, like after people pass on. And I also kind of like the Greeks with their the river sticks, the and river sticks, like paying coins and like crossing <laughs> over, and everything's really quiet and quiet and like you know, just kind of haunted looking. Oh. See, I always kind of really like the Egyptian myth that. Um, when you pass on, like somebody weighs your heart against a feather, and if no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. But yeah, if your heart is as light as a as a feather, they're like, all right, you you get to pass on. But what does that even mean? Like that nothing bothers you, that you have no conscience. <laughs> My heart would be pretty light if I didn't have to be heavy with worry about like the actions I took. Not that I do a lot of horrible things or anything. That sounds weird. Know. <laughs> uh, maybe it just means that through it all, you kept your sense of humor. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to, like, go to an afterlife with a bunch of people who take themselves too seriously. No, that would really be, yeah, that that's not where I want to end up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, wow, this was actually a very informative hour and Oh my God, it's been an hour. I can't believe it. Like we never do. This. Look at us. I know we never do. <laughs> <laughs> like the speed dating form of our show. Like right. we, got, we got down to the meat like super quick and we like, you know, mentioned all these useful things. We should pat ourselves on the back. I think so. Pats on the back all around. <laughs> Wow. So the next time we are going to be discussing kind of the spookier side of October, um, anything that you want to like throw out there that you think is worth concentrating on or should it be a complete surprise? I think we need to let it be a surprise. I mean, if there's <laughs> any, but if there are any requests from our followers and fans, um, just let us know. Give us a shout on our Twitters. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, that. Um, at chick underscore mystic. <laughs> and I'm at Virgo less. <laughs> no underscore just just perfectly you it's just so awesome i don't yeah, know how i got stuck with that well i mean it's not like i you know 
got actual Virgo lass. There's another Virgo lass out somewhere somewhere in the Twitterverse with that name. <laughs> oh my! See, so many things. There's so many layers to this. all right well then i hope everybody has a wonderful rest of the week and until next time i hope everyone stays mystical good night my witches